Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Swing low, time to move on. Light years and time ahead of our time. Free your mind. Oh, free your mind. Mm-hmm. With me, it's hip on the mothership. Ooh, happy 420, everybody. Yeah. Listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour on a very funky, funky Friday. I've been through all sorts of emotions today, and luckily, on, of all days, I have Mr. Spotlow here, Seth Spotlow. How you doing, Damien? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. You know, I'm. I've figured out, and I never really used to do this, but like girls would complain about, you know, the guy would come up to him and be like. Why don't you smile? You're prettier when you smile. I got one of those comments today, and I'm not. A, it's not a knock against the person who said it, but it annoyed the hell out of me. It's like I'm self-conscious about my mouth. I don't. Ah, Why? I drink all sorts of coffee. Uh-huh. I might engage in some tobacco here or there sometimes. Not all the time. I mean, I never do so on air. But you know. You essentially, I, I I need to get some whitening going, and my teeth, even if they were pearls, like pearl white, still wouldn't be happy. They're tiny. They're tiny. Oh, tiny teeth. Little so when teeth. I do, like, if you catch me laughing, like a candid laugh, <laughs> that wasn't candid, but you catch me laughing, that works. But for me to just like, hey, Seth, <laughs> I'm not that type of guy. I'm just not. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that smile is a little creepy. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. My you you want to ride around in my van? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can go into the, we call it the creep van. Yeah, the kid's dealer. Yeah, we can, like, creep around. <laughs> no, I know what we can do with your van. We should set up a matchmaking agency. Oh. Yeah. Oh. See, I, I don't want to be matchmade. I don't want any matches made for me. I didn't match anything. Oh, okay. Sure. (laughs) We're not going to get into that, but sure. Oh, okay. Right. Like I've said to many of folks, uh, I'm aloof. I am aloof. Hey, I know how you are, man. It's cool. I understand. Right. I mean, I'm just here to support. But, uh, Mike, is there something behind this microphone that's making my eyes, like, go crazy with allergies? Goodness. Do I make you tear up a little bit, man? No, it happens every time at about this time of day. Sitting behind the board here. Maybe it's, I don't know. Well, you can't say it's contacts. No, it's not contacts. And it's not like my eyes themselves, but something's making them like tear up. Maybe I need eye drops. I could put those in and just burn away. But yeah, matchmaking. How many people have we successfully matched up? Uh, one for one right now. Yeah, we're one for one. Yeah. Batting a thousand, yeah. so to speak. 
I mean, who else is there? Uh, I mean, it's I don't not know. gonna work for me, and it's not gonna work for you. No, we're lost causes. Yeah, you got that right. We're lost. Causes. I'm just trying to make sure I don't lose my friend. Now, uh, as we're thinking about the matchmaking, do you know the origins of 420? Because I don't. Man, there's all kinds there's, of yeah stories. Yeah, there's stories that people say the kids used to get off and, and they'd meet behind the gym at 420, and then some of them say. Uh, what do some of them say? There's some other ones, too. But I've always figured that was it. You know, you get out of school at like 4. Yeah. You can make it behind the gym at 420. Yeah. You can make it behind the gym. And, well, that doesn't, that never seemed like a great time for me. It doesn't, like, it seems like it's the middle of the day. Back in the day, you know, back in the 60s, oh, 70s, okay. when they get out of school. Was, right. And, you right. know, nowadays, get, kids get out of school at like 2.30. Right. We got out of school at like 3, 3.30. Yeah, and I don't know. It just... Chuck Schumer actually made me um, agree with him today. I have never agreed with Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York, the Senate minority leader. I've never agreed with him until today. He finally said, well, it's about time we decriminalize marijuana at the federal level and let the states decide. So, wow, really awesome, Chuck. Yeah, man. Finally, and I think this will finally become a national presidential issue where <sighs> these idiots, these prudes with sticks up their butts. Did you know that stuff? They have sticks up their butts. And ain't no toothpick. No, it's not a toothpick. They finally are coming around to over 60% of the country wants this to happen. And I just don't understand the hysteria. Usually I'm polite about this. Usually I'm willing to hear people out. But the fact that marijuana is still illegal, and I'm not saying just, oh, free reign, do whatever you want. Really, that on this particular issue, I don't think it would hurt too much. But my goodness, the fact that it is illegal and the way it was made illegal initially, it's just dumb. Got that right. Well, and, and what drives me nuts is if you look at the legacy of this, you have all these conservatives who have learned, rightfully so, if you are a conservative, and especially if you're a libertarian, to loathe people like Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, the guy who brings us, us the income tax, the Federal Reserve, the guy who gets us into World War One when we never should have been involved in that war, and it might have actually made things worse. The man behind Reefer Madness, maybe? Eh? No, I think that's like William Randolph Hearst. Oh. Who used his uh, newspaper power to spread myths about cannabis as uh, marijuana. And that it'll lead, you know, black men to rape your white women. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it's just all these ridiculous, over-the-top myths. And there are people, Richard Nixon's aide, when he declares the war on drugs... Says, yeah, we did it to stir up the so-called silent majority, to stir them up by saying this is what the blacks and the hippies do. And so Nixon, a lot of these folks, we're talking about progressivism, that the state knows best. The people who brought us alcohol prohibition, that same movement. And we still have so-called small government conservatives today carrying on that legacy? No, and for all sorts of prim and proper reasons. I hate it because 
uh, you see people that drink all the time. You can drink yourself to death. Right. You drink every day. I mean, ruins lives all the time. And then, I mean, I'm not going to say that it doesn't ruin you if you do it every day, but... I mean, you see a guy that smokes every day, and then a guy that drinks every day. A guy that drinks every day, once he stops drinking, he goes through DTs and he starts shaking. He could possibly die. Absolutely. You know, the guy that smokes every day, he stops smoking, he gets better. Probably. Yeah, he just gets better. Yeah. You know? and it's, You're not going to die from a cannabis withdrawal. Yeah, uh, it's terrible. Not by any means. You uh, might be a little irritable. You might not be as hungry as you usually are. You might not sleep well for a week. But you might, you can write your name. Yeah. You know, you know they, they're, they're not going to call you shaky. It affects people differently, too. But what's amazing is, like, athletes have used this for years. I think Joe Montana came out, like, a week or two ago and said, I use this stuff for pain. Like, NFL players have used it for a long time. It certainly beats cancer patients. And I know a lot, uh, a few old, older people... Yeah. that have issues, I mean, that are up in the 80s and 90s, and they grew up with it being hated and hated, and now that it, the stigma's kind of going away, they're like, hey, let me try, you yeah. know? And then old grandma gets some brownies, and grandma's like, hey, this helps really good. Yeah, it does help, grandma. I don't, I don't see dead Uncle Frank anymore. And here's my point of view. I don't know any pot smokers or people advocating for the legalization of marijuana. Who want to run up to somebody who says, no thanks, I don't want to try it, and say, how dare you? If you don't smoke this joint, I'm going to handcuff you, throw you in a cage, and I'm going to force you to do it. I don't know anybody like that. It's like, okay. I hate this idea that because, oh, I am not intoxicated in any way, that gives me the right to be violent through law. That I am somehow on a more sensible, better plane if I am not intoxicated in any way. These teetotalers. I think that's absurd. You may or may not be better something. at something than somebody else. Caffeine, cigarettes. Caffeine, I cigarettes, mean, medication booze. they give you. Well, how about all the walking heart attacks? Mm -hmm. McDonald's. Eating Mickey D's, stuffing down like Velveeta cheese dip. And no doubt, I like Mickey D's. I like Velveeta cheese dip. Mm -hmm. But good Lord, there's all sorts of things that can kill you. A bus. And now that it's legal in Colorado, we go to, oh, there are people who are stupid who have driven on it. Like way too up there. 51. Or neophytes who have never had any weed ever in their life. Who try it and then go, well, I'm just going to take go for a drive. I'm like, what type did you have? Why? Why? You've never done this before in your entire life. And you want to sit here and chief a whole bunch. And then go drive around? What is wrong with you? It's like, I said it earlier today. It's like somebody who's never had a sip of alcohol in their lives. The first time they try alcohol, they take two shots of Everclear. Oh. Like, you're going to be messed up. You're going to wake up under your coffee table. I'm just frustrated tonight, Seth. Man, I've I... been through a lot today. People trying to make me smile. Weed is still illegal. Dude, you don't have to be happy. It's I cool. know. It's just you have to well, be happy. Well, you can be happy without smiling. I got you, man. We on the same. Yeah. Page. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm happy on the inside. It's a stoic happiness. Yeah. And don't you hate the folks that put on the fake happy? Oh, why Why you want to do that? Keep fake up the pleasantries. Yeah, nah, fake smile at me. Just give me a real smile. Or don't smile. I'm cool. Right. It's it's that, that facade. It's the one thing I like about Trump. 
He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the. He has it's many a shade faces of orange, right? But he never acts like I'm the prim and proper guy who is living up to all the American values, especially the puritanical ones. And this is how you have to be a successful, productive person in society. And he makes mistakes, and he's okay with it. You know, right. Confifi, come on. Yeah, oh, that was hysterical. You know, I mean, people mess up. Though, I wish he would own up to, like, his, uh, his dalliances. I don't think there would have been ever a huge problem if he had just been like, yeah, Stormy and I, one night. It would have been, I think, people like, shrug. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, not cool. You just married Melania. Does it affect his job as president? He still knows uh, what he knows. Well, but if a guy would cheat on his wife, he'll cheat on you. Yeah, him and every other president. I don't care if you worship him or not. Every president, every politician, because of the nature of power, does these things. And honestly, if a politician actually told the American people the truth, I don't think they would believe him. I don't think the people want sense. That's why I open up this show. That... Hooey pleases the boobs the most. <laughs> Blast of common sense and actual fact leave people a bit nervous. Oh, yeah, the truth. Yeah, how dare you? It's like, ooh, they can't handle it. It comes across the truth as a headache to most people. You can't handle the truth. Right. Oh, it just has me frustrated. Don't let it get you, man. Yeah. Well, <sighs> let's take a deep breath. Now our matchmaking thing. Oh. I think we two average-looking honkies could be very successful at setting people up. I'm good at it, apparently. Yeah? I'm good with people. If I know two people... and Well, let's say it. Now that the cat's out of the bag, you're really the impetus. I mean, first it was the feeling that a man named Eric had. Oh, yeah. But you were kind of the impetus, like oh. the, the shove that he needed, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, all I did was I opened the door and pushed him through and then walked away. Yeah. That was all I did. And, I mean, that's just how he is. He's a, he was a quiet, kind of a quiet guy. I, I was at a bad spot in my life. I needed a good person, and I started hanging out with him. And he's a great dude. Yeah. And, I mean, as you're, everybody's starting to learn, He's an awesome guy, and he is what you see and what you hear. And uh, everybody, you and her and him, came to that little birthday thing that I had, and she called it a race party. It was uh, it was my birthday. <laughs> a race party, <laughs> like a race, uh, like a race NASCAR. Yeah, zoom, zoom, you know. Okay, no. good. That's better than no. Not just like have it. to check here. Oh, we yeah, are in the sorry. deep south. No, yeah, I hate that man. I know. It's like walking around with my little kid. Yeah, this is my daughter, not my girlfriend. Right. And, but uh, everybody came, and he was like, "Man, she's. I like her." I was like, "What? Really? Yeah." And so, just put little birdies in people's ears and see if it's a mutual thing. And it is very mutual. Oh man, I've never seen her that happy. Me either. He has this light in his eye. Because you think I'm cranky today. Emily, like two months ago, before they met, was quite cranky. I heard. I've been listening since she started. Basically, like yeah. a week before she started. The Had her on show. the show. She was going through an identity crisis. Yeah, man, nuts. And yeah. I mean, the first night I met her, I walked in the pub and I was like, hey, man, you got to drop something. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, you running... But now she's all set. She's got this great job here. So happy. She's got th that... 
man candy on her arm. I know. Making her chai tea in the mornings. Ooh. It's incredible. Man, and I'm uh, I'm winning. I'm wooing the cats. You're wooing the cats. Yeah, Loretta and Irene. Why are you? You want them to be in? You want to be in their good graces? Well, because that's the way it works with cats. I hear. <laughs> Basically, I mean, the uh, when they go out of town, I watch the cats for them. Okay. So I go over there and I'll feed them and uh, change litter and whatnot and hang out with the cats. Now I've been wanting. I asked Troy this question, and I've brought this question up, but I've been watching Troy, Fall of a City. It's a new show on Netflix based off the Iliad and the Odyssey. And it, though it's mythological and we like to think these things are boring, blah, blah, blah. But they're good, interesting questions to test our own ideas of like morality and character and whatnot. If somebody came to you and you knew they had the power to do it, they weren't just blowing smoke up your ass, would you want to be the most powerful man in the world? the most admired man in the world would you have the ability to have the most beautiful woman in the world hmm yeah hmm wait okay you have all the power you know like uh, what they say uh, 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 more money more problems exactly <laughs> yeah I would put I wouldn't yeah. choose most powerful I think that's a foolish and then the most beautiful woman in the world that beauty's in the eye of the beholder you know I don't care how pretty you are yeah. you could be a terrible person and that totally kills your beauty fair enough fair you enough know. but maybe this is we'll give a add a little meat on the bone this person is beautiful on the inside and out the most beautiful woman in uh, the world uh, well of course I, I, and what was the second one you said most admired admired man in the world um you gotta earn that yeah but I'm saying that this is a god telling you that you just have to work hard and I'll make the rest happen and you'll end up mm. being the most admired man in the world mm. because that's kind of what happens with uh, Paris and Helen of Sparta who becomes Helen of Troy mm -hmm. that it, it literally she falls in his lap and he goes for it and Aphrodite tells him well how will I know it's the most beautiful woman in the world and she says you'll know it when you see her and he does he's like oh god Mm -hmm. That and Aphrodite's been kind of hiding in the back corner like, I told you, it's her. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's tough. I would probably say admired. I, because if you're admired, then it, it will come to you. And if you have the beautiful woman, you will be admired. So I think those two go kind of hand in hand. I mean, but it's... It's really, if you had to choose, I would go with admired. But Troy's answer earlier in the week, I think, was the best one. I don't, I don't, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> I'm not playing this game. Because if you're looking for admiration in the eyes of others, if you're looking for power over other people, or if you're looking for, as you kind of pointed out, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and it just seems like none of those would actually be fulfilling. Yeah, it, who cares what other people think? You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, we do, but you know... You're not supposed to. You can't let that govern who you are. Yeah, and people let it all the time. Right. And so, I see that knocks out the second one. So I Admired, guess it, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it would be the most beautiful woman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'd be nice. I'm still looking for that. I got faith, man. It's there. Mm-hmm. I got faith. It's gonna happen yeah. one day? That's what Eric says, man. He's like, man, we'll find you a girl. He is like a Zen master. He is a very, very one man. 
he's one with himself. Yeah. And it, it does. Him and I are such good friends because we kind of play off each other. Some days I'll have bad days, and then he'll talk to me and make me feel better. And yeah. then he'll have crap days, and then I'll call him. And then we just, it, it works very well for we each other. We have a good balance together. Yeah, man, because everybody has crap days, and it's nice right. to have somebody to talk to. And before Emily was around, we had each other. And yeah. now he has her, and I have him, and the cat's got me. Okay. <laughs> Cats can be that way. Well, yeah. You know, people get annoyed, but when I was taking care of a cat once, it slept on my head. I enjoyed it. It was wintertime. They're it was awesome. warm. They, take, they do their own thing. Yeah. You don't have to give two craps. Come home once, maybe every two days, and feed them. But there's nothing like coming home and that arrival, that greeting of a dog that really loves you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to beat that. It's like, yeah. you're here. You were gone forever. <laughs> I'm getting, I, I, I'm, uh, my mom has a, um, a dachshund chihuahua. Mm. Gray. His name is Grady. She is moving next month. And when she moves, I get her dog. Really? Yeah, so are, you, are you prepared? Um, no, but I'm just, I, I don't prepare myself. I just do it. Okay. I, I jump. Suppose that's not a bad strategy. I mean, I kind of prepare myself, but. Just okay. Jump in it, man. Now, I haven't had time to really sit and think. I've been very busy this week, but uh, a week from today, two big events. World historical, dare I say. Dega! <laughs> no, uh, Avengers Infinity War comes out oh, on the 27th. Yes. And that day. This is bizarre. WWE Greatest Royal Rumble. It's being put on in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Oh, my goodness. All the belts are on the line. It's a 50-man Royal Rumble. Wow. And the theory is is that some Saudi prince, somebody in Saudi Arabia, is paying them a crap load of money to do it. Oh, you got to. Because this, how big this event is... And it, at our time, it'll start at 10 in the morning. So it's wow. like meant for prime time in Saudi Arabia. The prince of Saudi Arabia paid for it because the last I time did. he was here, he was in Vegas. <laughs> 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 I listened to Baron. No, and that's actually, you know, as much as you hear some conservative thinkers, um, you're people on the left saying this too. Uh, this this the sort of the debauchery of the West. We're oversexed. We have too much money and decadent things. Too much, you know, we we're wasteful with our food and with our resources. All this stuff. Here's the thing: that is what is going to change hearts and minds in Saudi Arabia. Wrestling, wrestling. It well, really something will. like wrestling is great, but it's the Western entertainment and sensibility of being free to express yourself how you wish. That, I think, is fascinating to anybody, unless you've really guarded yourself and disciplined yourself not to think that way. Most people think once it's offered and shown how crazy, uh, um, like, not only uplifting, but fun at the same time, that something playful can also be fulfilling, that is, uh, I think, intoxicating in a very healthy way. It's what I think won the Cold War in many ways. Why we do that Radio Free America. Uh, there are stories of people coming from the Soviet Union who had never seen a grocery store in their life. 
walk into a grocery store and fall on their knees and start crying. Imagine if you didn't have one. Right. We, I mean, if we had... I, I've had gardens. I can grow my own food. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But imagine, I mean, you just go to the store every day of your life, and then one day it's just not there. Yeah. I mean, it's... We have it very well here. Very much And so. yet we still complain. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just how we're built, right? Uh, it's it's uh, uh, the... the times and the the people are just becoming like this the younger people are see i don't think our time's that unique it's It's always happening people are always complaining yeah nobody's ever happy well especially if you look back at like innovation um like railroads for instance or any sort of like electricity everybody's very skeptical of it they're immediately like how could it go wrong that's what people always jump to how could it go wrong you get a few people who innovate and who are the true believers, the fanboys, you know, follow the innovators. But most people are like, that new thing, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, that new thing. It's kind of what's happening with cannabis legalization. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, generally, there's not been the sky falling like a lot of people said it, it would. But we're still going to focus on all these negative things, and it's really hard to regulate. Okay. So people are free to do as they wish. Amazing. And yes, there will be problems. I'm not promising utopia. But with the soil here in Alabama, with all the products that can be made out of hemp, which is not the stuff that gets you high. And yes, I think somebody should have the freedom to do what they want with their body. If you want to make rules about driving, don't mess with somebody's kids. Awesome. I agree with those rules. Clothes, paper, medicine. Right. I I think the first Model T, like the fenders were made out of hemp, industrial hemp. It's remarkable stuff. So it's, uh, times are changing and they need to change. Oh, man. You know what's after that? When I was a little kid, I was like, hey, one day that'll happen. And then after that, zombies will come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, I also said this earlier today. I think the United States of America... In particular, there are other countries in Europe or whatnot that aren't doing so hot on this issue. But the United States in particular needs to grow up in this sense when it comes to drugs. For the longest time, it's been like, here's what uh, proper, correct society thinks. And you can get some drugs if your doctor prescribes them. And even though caffeine is in the same family as cocaine and meth, it's a mild psychoactive stimulant. It's fine because we've always drank coffee or tea. Uh, certain drugs are just like, okay, oh, good. And then, oh, yeah, and Adderall is nothing like uh, meth. Right. They're nothing. I mean, cause <laughs> yeah. crystal methamphetamine, and on Adderall bottle, it says amphetamine salts. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Well, we would hope the stuff built by, you know, the, the big pharmaceutical companies have to be good for something. It's oh. not exactly, but I see your point. It had it's, nothing to do with the opioid crisis. But, okay, you have that one part of culture where things are legal and allowed, and this is the, the correct way to be. And then you have this whole other world that that part of culture stigmatizes, like the bad that we must prohibit. And out of that, what has grown is the counterculture. For a while, it was the hippies. And it's a shame that it's this fight between what's proper and what's the counterculture fighting back. Because a lot of times the counterculture would go too far. 
It was like, we're going to break rules. We're going to tear down icons and idols just because we can. Uh, we're going to stand up against you because you don't understand us. And, and this happens throughout many generations. I wish when it came to something like cannabis, when it came to something like psilocybin, that they're studying more and more. When it comes MDMA, they're studying more and more. That it, Let's not look at these drugs as just like either the devil's work or as, oh, we're going to party and we're going to party hard. Why don't we look at it as a potential tool to for fix people? Issues. Yeah, to, for people to do certain things. For instance, psilocybin they're showing can help with depression. MDMA is helping people process their PTSD. I mean, if the psilocybin can help with the PTSD, I mean, and that's, I mean, that is a main, that, that is just a terrible, it's, terrible thing for people. Right. I mean, and if it helps them process it, and if we can understand these things in a complex way, rather than it being a fight between correct opinion and the cutting edge, cool, hip opinion, and just look at it as here's another thing the world has provided human beings. How do we best understand it for individual betterment and fulfillment? Which, if you better the individual, you'll help out society at the same time. And now we're caught up in this game of correct opinion. You hear it. I mean, people, it's 420. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, man, and come it's on, like, whatever. Man. I got a job. I'm working. I'm right. scrolling through Facebook, but that's all I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, my God. Some of it's funny, so I share it, but it's just like... It's come on, man. Think something better. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to hit a break. Cool. I'm not sure where this show's going tonight, and I'm sorry you walked in on me in a weird mood. But I have to be honest with you and the audience. It's like, cool, man. I'm not gonna try to act all happy when I'm not. Hey, don't be anything you're not. I hope. I hope I can be genuine. Yeah, right. man. We got this. Well, we'll be right back. Oh, and this is Mothership Connection. Oh. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back. Now I was explaining to Seth off air. This is the original version of Nothing Compares to You. Prince recorded himself singing. It's been seven hours and thirteen days. The estate just released it. Since you took your love yesterday. away. Recently had your heart broken. Yeah. And this is the perfect cheesy heartbreak song. This is hundred day. I can't. There is a thousand day age cheddar right here.
And they uh, made a video online, the Princess Day, uh, that the video is essentially a bunch of old footage of rehearsing in 1984 for uh, Purple Rain. And honestly, this just made me sad. I yeah, it, I got a little. Yeah, it just crying. made me sad. I wonder how many more songs he's got that oh. he did that for people because that's well, Sinead O'Connor uh, song. Yeah, she became huge with that. In like the late 90s, right? Well, like the early 90s? Um, do you remember the Bengals' Manic Monday? Yeah. He wrote that. Oh, wow. So his song Kiss was number one, then Manic Monday became number one with the Bengals performing it. <laughs> man, that's a uh, bad man right that's there. That's crazy. I mean, I think there are a lot of songs out there. Um, I Feel For You became a huge hit for Shaka Khan. Uh, a few years later in her version of it. Um, a song I always loved, Prince's version. But it became a fairly minor hit for Alicia Keys when she covered it, How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. Really cool, simple, like, piano song. Uh, yeah, and I think there are apparently hundreds, if not thousands, of songs that he recorded that have never been released. I believe it. And also videos to go along with them. And so... What this is going to become is like legacy releases. Bigger than Michael Jackson? Uh, I don't know. Man, because I whenever he passed, I mean, a little bit of stuff came out. I think Michael, I'm going to give Michael his due, and I'm I'm a diehard Brents fan. I'm just talking that. I think Michael is bigger because he had more mass appeal. Yeah, but after Prince passed, I think, I feel like more stuff will come out. True, and Prince, after he died... A lot of people started talking about how much they loved him, and it was I kind of did the hipster thing, where it's like, hey, I've been talking about this guy and listening to his music for 10 years now, and every time I brought it up, y'all would roll your eyes, mm -hmm. you'd be like, uh -huh, and now you're going to say, oh yeah, he's one of the greatest ever. <laughs> After he's dead? Give me a break. Uh -huh. You don't know. Kermit the Frog did hurt first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and it's funny. There are some people that are larger than life. Uh, like, whether it's a like heavy metal rock singer. Like, I was listening to Jericho. Mm -hmm. Talk is Jericho! <laughs> um, I was listening to Jericho talk about the greatest singers of all time. And, but you can go to a soul singer talking about the greatest singers of all time. You can go to any pop music, whatever. Jericho even puts Freddie Mercury in his top five. Oh, yeah. And there's something about that guy in particular where he almost had five different voices. So he could do the slow, poppy love ballad, but he could also do the oh, heavy, yeah. like, oh, crazy voice. And then, you know, I got, after seeing this Nothing Compares to You, this new release of it, uh, I had not ever heard it before. They did surprise me, and I was the guy who had gigabytes of bootleg crap. Um, I mean it. it I was, I'm a big nerd about Prince. A lot of stuff. And, like, bad quality, but it's like, guys, I want to listen to it anyway. That was me with Nine Inch Nails, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh. You get into a band, and you're like, oh, I want to dive deeper. What yeah. more do they have? Oh, and just getting the, the uh, bootlegs and the remixes and then the stuff you're not supposed to have and you have anyway. Right, and then I found, I went down the rabbit hole of, like, old music videos. And these are, like, full-on productions. And occasionally the music video ends up being a live performance instead of them just lip-syncing to the studio track. And so, like, one of my favorite Prince songs, it wasn't a big hit. Let's see if I can find it. It's called Willing 
and Abel. And it's such a funky, kind of almost jazzy uh, performance, and it's different than the studio version. Which one did they do in Batman? That's Bat Dance and Electric Chair and... Band is tight. Yes, that's bad, boy. Said I'm willing and I'm able. Ready to place my cards on the table. Now, this is kind of like the studio, but it's definitely a live performance. Sound real clean. Real clean. Now that I've got this feeling, it's truly mighty strong. Skip ahead a little bit here. It gets like going. Like this. Screaming, man. As I kept going down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh, man. I, and I know the audience appreciates I can't play those. <laughs> like sexy MF. Uh, I can't. I can't play those on there. And it's just, I don't know. I can tend to be, like, blown away, like, by this guy's talent. And it's a shame he died from the opioid crisis. That's terrible, man. So they were going to try to do something to his bouncer, and they finally said they couldn't. Yeah. yeah. They didn't bring charges against him. Yeah, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and this is a tough point to make, but it's kind of how I feel about drug use. You'll occasionally, like Gary Johnson got this question when he was running for president. Like, my son took whatever, I could think it was like heroin or, number one, Johnson's talking about legalizing cannabis. What that has to do with heroin, I don't know. But my son took heroin and he overdosed and died. Mm-hmm. And my point of view, and you've got to, I guess, come up with the right tone of voice because how are you going to tell somebody who lost their child to that? Incredibly tragic. I guess I would start there. It is incredibly tragic. Should not have happened. But at the end of the day, nobody but your son chose to put that in his body. Exactly. He's a grown man. He makes his own decisions. It had nothing to do with you. You did what you could do. Right. And uh, I I have a a lot of friends that make stupid decisions. And they're friends of mine, so I care about them. So I talk to their parents. And I tell their parents, and I'm like, hey, I love you. 
he loved you. He just kind of dumb. <laughs> he did a stupid thing, but it ain't your fault. Right. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up because your kid's an idiot. But then people take it beyond like, oh, the family could have done more, which maybe, maybe not. But it, at the end of the day, it is the person's responsibility for what they do to themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe they needed a little more support. Maybe they needed that friend to give them a hug. Be like, it's all right, man. Hey, I'm going to help you out. Yeah. I mean, that could have happened, and you can ask yourself those questions. But then to take it beyond that, to like, we now need laws in place. We need society to act on this. I think it's the wrong approach. For instance, they had a report on Fox News, I think yesterday, that opioid prescriptions are down 9%. And it's just like I predicted. You know what's happening now that prescriptions are down 9%? Deaths are going up. Yeah, people are done. Because people are getting cut off. They're going to the black market where it's probably what happened to Prince. He was going to the black market for opioid and painkillers. He thought he was taking Vicodin. He's really taking fentanyl. Yeah. And he dies from an overdose. Uh, mm. And so, at the end of the day, it's his fault. It's his fault. He he isolated himself. He made himself king of his own world. He was make he was in his own starring role in a movie. Everybody else was just in a supporting role. And he surrounded himself with yes men who would get him whatever he wanted. Same with Michael Jackson. Yeah. He got enough money, enough power and prestige. Got a doctor that just kept saying yeah. They'll keep saying yes, even if they know they're pushing it. And uh, it, mean, it comes happens. down to personal responsibility. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you've made a, a very, I think, consistent and stalwart uh, decision not to drink any longer. Yeah. And uh, I... People ask me if I quit for good, and I don't tell them yes mm. because I don't want to jinx it. And I mean, it's it's a one day at a time thing. Did you, know? you go to any groups or anything, or did you just do it yourself? Uh, when I was in like eighteen or twenty, I was in rehab for a little while because I just I didn't have self control to stop what I was doing. Right, and I did it. And I after the second go around, I finally got through it. You know and. Then I started working at a bar and doing my own thing. I was in my 20s, wanting to have fun. So know. after you got sober, you worked at a bar? Uh-huh. And then I, I started drinking all the time. Yeah, I'd imagine <laughs> so. And and now the the training that I learned back then helped me be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of how it feels. I have better things to do. And I know it's, it's, like, it's like a potato chip, man. I right. can't just have one. Right. I don't want one. I want a case. You know, so it's just better. None at all. Well, and people are asking, why are you doing all this health kick? Like, why are you... I'm now going to try to start doing weight training. Like, because some of it's vanity. I'll admit that. But mostly, it's like, I feel good. And I don't think there needs to be much explanation for the thing that makes me feel good in a sustainable way. Like, the type of feel good where I don't feel like I'm hung over the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Temporary feel good. Right. It's not a temporary feel-good. It's just my body feels better. And I think there's a mistake people make. Um, and sometimes maybe comedy can come from all your other ailments and your pains and your mess-ups in life. But anybody who uses their mind for a living, I would suggest improve your body. You, yeah, you got to do both. I mean, I love my job because I work and I do hard things, but I also have to think about what I'm doing, and it does both. Like, once upon a time, I had an office job. I couldn't do it. I mean, I got done with everything so quick, I had to go back out in the field. And, I mean, it's just, you you can't just sit there and stare at 
you can't sit here all day without getting up and doing something. Right. Oh, I got I got to do something. Yeah, you got to do something. Go out and mow the grass. Now, you've been your last uh, comedy. Yeah. Gig was pretty successful. Yeah, I had a thing uh, uh, last Friday, and I had uh, an open mic a couple weeks before that, and I just I I was terrible. Bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I was distracted. Ah. I was distracted. That's what the guy said. And so that's where seeking admiration will get you. Or yeah. the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, yeah. No, I question that. Not well, really. Just, I, I was Cute, just, but not the most beautiful. Just happy. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why you put her on a pedestal? Because she's like three foot tall. Right. Right. But, um, yeah, so last week I did my thing, and uh, a dude come from out of town, and... Uh, Somebody called me earlier in the week. Hey, man, you want to come be on the show? I was like, of course. And, of course, I'm like at Joker's Block. I have nothing, no jokes, anything. So I call my old roommate. Hey, man, what are you doing? Come over here and help me. I'm not too proud to admit when I yeah. need help. And I said, okay, I got these two books, comp- composite notebooks full of old jokes. I yeah. said, dude, help me. Let's find some jokes. So we went and we found some jokes, and I had four jokes. I got up there, and I told my first one. Got to the punchline. Nobody laughed. Mm. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I, I got to the punchline. Nobody laughed. So um, out of the blue, another another one popped in my head, and I said it, and people laughed. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing because I, I come up with the jokes. I write them down word for word what I'm going to say. I write them down again word for word. Then I go and I say them. So, things did not go in plan. I had the punchline wrote down. I got down to it. Nobody laughed. They wanted more. Mm. And I was like, ugh. It's a scary feeling, isn't it, being up there? Um, once you get in the flow of your jokes, because I write down everything so much so that I don't forget anything. Right. Because if you get nervous and you accidentally throw your punchline in, in the beginning of your joke, then your joke is gone. Because I'm a storyteller. Right. I, I tell stories. Um, and... You just got to be real careful about what you say and how you say it. And it's like being up here with you. Mm-hmm. I have to be level-headed, straight in, in my thoughts. And I think before I speak, because you don't want to say something you regret. I need to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> I say things all the time. Like the way I opened up the show today. Just, that was just a little cranky. For uh, all sorts of reasons. but Seemed to be better, man. Well, but life is good. That's my point now. Like, I was, I think, months ago, very misanthropic and had been for years. Just not happy. For good I'm reasons and bad reasons. But uh, I hope I'm rubbing off on you, man. Um, I think you are. But it's uh, it's the program I'm pursuing, too. Like, and, and it's not just physical working out, those sort of things, but setting goals and trying to achieve them. And it's not always fun on the way there, but when you set a goal and you actually go towards it and you achieve it, it's like, oh, okay. And it's not necessarily requiring of other people. It's like, okay, I can read this many books. I can get these workouts done. I can write this thing. And it's not about, oh, what's the reaction to be? It's, no, I accomplished this. You and I feel for better yourself. for it. You know what you want to do, and then no matter what is in the way, you do it. Right. And there's going to be some things in the way that aren't going to be fun, but that, hey, that's life. Yeah. You know, once you get there, bam. Well, we're out of time, man. Oh, man. It's fun. Um, thank you for walking me through my neurosis tonight. Uh, dude, that's what I'm here for. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you. I'll be back on Monday. For-